Hey guys, welcome back to Two Tales. I'm Dion. And I am Jordan. And on our podcast, we're going to tell you two tales and you can enjoy them. So, for all you new listeners out there, we are two best friends and we both like stories and throughout this podcast, every episode we're going to share a couple stories, tales, uh, things that are happening in our lives. News reports. Just anything. (laughs) Just anything. We're both just floating in the world with no purpose but to tell stories. And we thought this is the best way we could do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> And you may not think that. No, but, <laughs> but here you are. For this episode, we are going to be talking about near-death experiences. Now, both... Bo- Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I was talking. Fine, go ahead. Uh, both of us have experienced near-death experiences and not to be confused with the sort of near-death experiences where people have you know outer body uh, where people have outer body experiences (laughs) is that funny is that funny to you uh, so yeah not to be confused with people that um you know they they almost die and they like see themselves floating above their own body and kind of have an outer body experience no uh we were in a situation where we could have died and didn't yeah and that's... lived to tell the tale the two tales <laughs> the two um yeah and both of our stories are quite different uh and we just thought it would be interesting to share them with each other and with you and discuss them and also we're not trying to be dramatic or anything no no we were both you know in a situation where we were in a lot of danger and peril so yeah that's what we're doing today uh it'll be a very interesting conversation Dion, we should probably start with your story. Let's get into it. So, my story, or my occurrence, happened... Your near-death experience. My near-death experience happened uh, about a month ago. So, uh, it was about 11.30pm, you know? It was night time, and I was hungry, and so... I decided to pick up uh, one of my closest friends, her name is Alana, and we wanted to go for a Macca's run, or a McDonald's drive-thru for any of you foreigners. In Australia, we say Macca's run, that means pop down to the local McDonald's, which we call Macca's here in Australia, and go for a Macca's run to pick up some McDonald's. Yeah, so that... You're like, yeah, Uh, Thank you for that obvious and quite evident description so um i pick i pick her up we're in the car we're talking i had just had a really really good week like i was in a really good headspace like my mental health was amazing what do you get from maccas well i didn't get to maccas oh oh okay all right and sorry so why didn't why did you not get to maccas well jordan i was in quite a serious car accident and not serious as in physically uh i'm blessed to have uh left that accident with little damage uh only mental scarring <laughs> um, and a lot of bruising i can laugh because you're okay That's yeah I can laugh. yeah it's good to laugh through the pain <laughs> right it's the best coping mechanism yeah i agree that's my whole life yeah mm. Anyway, so it was about 11.30 when 
I was on a, a road that was 40 kilometers per hour. That is a small amount of miles for you Americans. I, should I, should I, are you Googling it now? Oh, 40 kilometers an hour is 25, uh, about 25 miles per hour. So anyway, we were driving down um, a straight road going 40 kilometers per an hour. Which was 25 we, miles per hour. Which is 25 miles per hour. So that's quite slow. That is a, you know, a children's crossing speed. Um, I was going slow. And as I was crossing over an intersection, my light was green. A car came and T-barred me. They they ran a red light. What does T-barring mean? You know, they hit me from the side. Jordan, I think everyone knows what T-barring means. I'm going to be honest. When you first told me about this... I didn't know what it meant. I had to But Google you're it. dumb. <laughs> T-barring. Okay, so for those who don't know, T-barring is when, if you look at it from a bird's eye view, it makes a T. The two cars. You're very intellectual. That's, that, is that true, though? That is true. Yeah, I reckon that's where it comes Cause from. Because it's like... Nyo. Yeah. Nyo. Okay. Nyo. <laughs> All right, so you got T-barred. Yeah, so my friend was in the car. It came from the left side and hit me. And we didn't see it coming because... Where did it hit you? Like, what side of the car? In the car. No. Well, it came from the left side, so it hit me in the left side. Did it hit the passenger door? Did it hit the back side? The back door? Luckily, it hit the front of our car. Of my car. Oh, so it just hit the front. Okay, yeah. No, but, like, near Alana's door. Like, her door was crashed in. Okay. So, uh, it was about like it was inches away from hitting uh the girl alana who was in the car with me right anyway so when the crash happened another car was also crossing the intersection um on the green light and so when the car came and t-barred me i went and smashed into the other car so three cars were involved in the incident and all of the cars were totaled like beyond repair like, you should have said, John. You saw photos of this. I did see photos. It was really uh, every car was really screwed up. Yeah. So the other car was obviously speeding, and they were maybe on their phone, or something. But the that woman came and smashed into my car, and if she had been, I don't know, four inches, you know, closer to us, uh, we would have been completely pancaked right yeah so anyway um from that night what i recall is our car uh, my car completely spun around um and the airbags went off and uh there was the smell of smoke there was the smell of gas it was it was really really terrifying and was there smoke coming from like from the engine from the front of the car like it was from the inside could you actually see smoke coming out uh, I don't actually remember. Right. I don't remember. Uh, you could on the outside. I don't think so. In the right. Inside. So, uh, I remember busting the door open because the door was smashed inwards because I smashed into the other car. Right. So my door was like smashed inwards. Was it really hard to like yeah. bash the door open? I had to really like, I was like, I remember like, get like busting the door open and I was like, oh no, my car. I'm going to break the door. Yeah. And then when I stepped out of the car and I saw that the front didn't exist anymore, (laughs) I was like, "Mm, hmm, 
that door doesn't matter anymore yeah yeah anyway i step out of the car and there is oil leaking down the road everywhere right and um my first reaction i make sure alana's all right she was fine and i straight away went to the car that hit me and so this part was really distressing for me because she wasn't getting out of the car and there was no movement oh she what she was like unconscious or something so i my mind automatically jumped to cool i killed a woman you know because at that point in time we were really confused we didn't actually know what happened properly what happened properly because it happened so quickly like yeah yeah like this you know so um i went to her car and her door was also jammed um and i busted it open and she was just sitting there and it didn't appear that she had any damage but she was not moving like her eyes were open but she was just sitting there she was like shocked or something she was in complete shock right and i said are you okay and she just went, I'm sorry. And I uh, took her seatbelt off and I pulled her out of the car because she was not moving. And as soon as I pulled her out of the car, she just went and sat on the side of the street. And that was it from her for the, from the night. Did she, she cry or anything like that? I don't know. She still hasn't contacted us to make sure we were okay. Even though later... A month in the, later. Yeah, a month later and she still hasn't con- you still haven't heard from her I haven't heard from her and she- and it was and this is her fault yeah yeah so we uh, <laughs> the police came and uh some eyewitnesses said that she was the one at fault she's the one that smashed into us so she was definitely at fault and she never contacted us and so my first response was to pull her out of the car and make sure she was okay yeah and she never even bothered to you know ask my friend was sent to the hospital yeah what about because there was the other car as well. Yeah, that so the like other guy was party. fine. He was His car was also totaled. Yeah. But he had probably the least impact. Right. Because yeah. it was just from my car hitting, hitting back it. at yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Um, he still spun around. Like, everyone was... Their cars were messed up. Yeah. For good. Yeah. So anyway, my friend... Uh, so she, Alana, when she got out of the car, she was fine. And then about 10 minutes later... She burst into tears and just could not stop crying. Then she just seized the crying. It completely stopped. Yeah. And she suffered from memory loss in the way that uh, Dory does in Finding Nemo. (laughs) You know Dory? I do know Dory. She was repeating the same sentence. Right. Ten times in a minute. Right. So she was... She was in a really bad state. Yeah. And this was from the shock. And we were like, what's going on? So, obviously, if she went to hospital, did an ambulance take her? Yeah. So, we were waiting there for about two hours. That's how long the ambulance came to get her. Wow. Uh, And was it it just an ambulance or were there police? There were police. The fire department came and put out the the oil leaking and the smoke. And um, so, it took two hours for all of them to come. Yeah, it was crazy. They were really slow. Hmm. And, and who called? Who called, like, the, the people you... Like, some eyewitnesses called. Huh. Wow. Yeah, so... I don't know. It was all It was all really a blur and really revolting. Like, it was a really bad experience. Was it Was it really... Did it, When it was happening, did it feel like it was really quick or really slow? Because I know, like, 
my mom when she broke her when someone hit her while she was skiing and she broke her leg she and she went like flying and she could like afterwards she said that she it would it went for so long and it was really really slow and and she was in pain but like she could feel how slow like time slowed down like is that how it was for you or was it really really fast well this is what happened the exact moment when the car hit me right before that uh i just remember it being super super bright you know like obviously all the lights from all three cars it was blindingly bright right and i just remember i have the image ingrained in my head of the car just like it's like a still image of her car was white yeah it was just right in front of us you know right and in that image it's so peaceful it looks like a car parked it looks like we're both parked you know there's right, there's yeah. no movement there's no pain or anything yeah it's like a snapshot it's like a snapshot right then it went like this like so quickly right and before i knew it i was in the most pain like i hit my head on the back um did the, the airbags surely the airbags the, sh- the airbags back. deployed um, did you hit your head on the airbags no i hit my head on i think the se- the roof because it was on the roof of my oh, head oh wow yeah so um you know i had my it felt like my uh chest had been like cracked open i think because of the seatbelt like tugging oh, me back yeah. um my legs my arms everything was in so much pain my arms were shaking on the wheel like i had like an iron grip um, yeah. my foot pressing down on the brakes, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's what I can imagine, uh, remember. Well, I mean, it's good you had your seatbelts on, you know? Like, in some countries where you don't need to have your seatbelts on, like, that would have been... Yeah. Wear seatbelts, kids. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway. Uh, here's where stuff gets weird, probably. Yeah. I don't know. You can make your own, you know... This is a tale... Well, it's a true tale. It's true. This it's one, true this event. is true. But anyway, you don't have to believe me, but that's only doing you a disservice. <laughs> so, prior to my accident, yeah, um, I had, for about a week, I was experiencing, like, kind of hallucinations, like, um, like, kind of visions every time I crossed intersections that I'd be hit by a car from my left. And like, obviously that week I thought nothing of it. I was like, you know, why am I thinking of of this? Yeah. You know? Um, but what do you mean vision? Like, what do you mean vision? Like you just think about it as you were driving through? So every, in- so usually I, I drive fine. Like I'm not a careless driver. Yeah. I'm wary, but I don't think about being hit ever because I feel like, you know what, I'm a safe driver. Yeah. Um, but that week, every time I crossed an intersection, I just, like, get, like, an image burnt into my mind of, like, a car, a SUV, hitting me from the left. Right. And I didn't think anything of it, you know? Yeah. But then, after the accident happened, I was like, oh, I was being warned. You know, that's... I, I, I'm a, I believe in God. Right. And I believe in, you know, spiritual guidance and, yeah, yeah. and now I believe in destiny because I think that this was meant to happen, you know? Right. Like I was meant to be hit then. Right. Yeah. And the night prior to my accident, um, I had a prayer in my car 
that is basically a traveling prayer in my religion. Yeah. And it was in the glove compartment. Right. And that night before, the very night before the accident, I got in the car and the first thing I said to my friend was, I need to put this prayer up. And it's just a bit of a coincidence that the next day... Yeah. I got into this bad car accident and my car was totaled. And not just that. So when I went to get the stuff that I left in my car from the junkyard, because they were crushing my car. Yeah. I couldn't find the prayer. They didn't find it in the car. Yeah. So everything just seems a bit weird. And for about a week after, um, after my crash, I was having awful existential crisis like meltdowns, anxiety. Yeah, I sure. I cried for the first time. I'm not a crier. Like I, I cried for the first time in probably two years. Yeah, yeah. And I was just sure. very distressed. Um, and that's when I turned to God. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. I've always been a believer in God, but um, after that, I've just had this like gut feeling that like an angel is like watching over me. You know. Right that I'm, I'm here for a reason and a purpose. Right. And looking at the state of my car, like you guys can DM us. I don't know. I can send you pictures. Uh, I shouldn't be here, you know? Yeah. It It, was a really bad, it was a really bad crash. And me and my friend walked out of that only with bad bruising and a sprained neck. Yeah. And she had memory loss. Yeah. But all things considered with how bad that crash was, that was, literally the least exactly we're we're alive and my car was smashed but you know yeah we walked out of that basically invincible and not invincible but not invincible unhurt unhurt unbroken unbroken yeah so that experience really just changed my perspective on everything yeah so okay so how that how did that change your like what did that change your perspective on on like life like how valuable life is on like, do you now not really care about, uh, you know, are you not really, cause you've been come so close to death. Are you not really scared of that anymore? Or are you more scared of that now? Or I think I'm more scared of it, to be honest. Really? What I'm less. So what I've gotten from my crush is that crush happened in the middle of my year 12 exams. Right. And I had an exam two days after that. Yeah. And basically what that crash really told me was you need to focus more on what you enjoy and yourself and your friends and relationships and not take anything for granted, not waste any time and not care so much about stupid, irrelevant exams that personally for me i didn't need exams for the uni i wanted to go to right uh that's not for everyone if you need to get into a uni i'd suggest care about your exams (laughs) but no i understand you wanted to like the stuff that actually because ultimately exams are going to pass and if you neglect your relationships and friendships and everything at the expense of your exams once exams are over you're gonna have to come back to those friendships and relationships and and they won't be as good. Yeah, and that's really what matters at the end of the day. Exactly. So I understand that. Yeah, so it really just it really just uh, gave me a perspective on life. So, um, so how, in saying that, how have you then, over the last, now it's been a month, you said, how long, like, how has that 
played now? You know what I mean? How have you, how have you, uh, you said you have to value relationships and friendships more. How is that now over the past month? How have you been implementing that? You know what I mean? That's what I'm asking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've just been, you know, I've been kinder, I think. I've been kinder to my family. Uh, I've been seeing my friends. I haven't taken life too seriously, you know? Like, yeah. it could be taken from us, you know, within a second. Yeah. And I think it's important to enjoy every moment. And I just, I just really don't want to waste time here anymore. Like, I don't know if it's relevant. Like, I was kind of seeing someone at the time of my crash. And two days later, uh, you know, we got into a relationship. Yeah. Because I didn't want to take any yeah, yeah. chances. Because yeah. within a second... Could all be could all be done. It could all be done. Yeah. And uh, you could imagine an entirely different day the next morning. Yeah. When and- all my friends and family wake up and they're getting texts that you know, I've been in a bad car accident and I'm in a coma. Yeah, or and worse. And I, I actually, I had an exam the next morning and I woke up to texts uh, saying that you've been in a car accident and I heard that you were fine, but I was like, I, I had an exam, a math exam literally that morning um, and I, I don't think I've actually told you this. I was like freaking, I was really freaking out because I had no idea and um, I, I actually, I woke up a, a mutual friend of ours and I, I was asking her, like what happened? What what's going on? Why? How did this happen? Is he okay? All this stuff, and um, I was really freaking out before before my maths exam, and uh, and I it was it wasn't lost on me that you know if that had God forbid gone any gone worse that I would have been having a very different morning, and I would have had to uh, I would have been you know dealing with the loss of my best friend, and I would have had to be you know writing maybe a speech or something like that. Like I, I had all these horrible thoughts as well. So it's not, yeah, that, that really sucks. Yeah. That's not, that's not yeah. me trying to put it. No, no, I know. Me, but that was what I, uh, but that's really, through. that's what happens with death. It's never on the person that died because they're not feeling they're not anything anymore. It. Yeah. It's, it's all about the people it's true. around. It's true. Them. No, it's, it's very true. It's and really I'm sure true. dead people aren't offended by that. No. And I'm sure that family members of dead people aren't, offended that uh, by that either i think that's true yeah wow why are all of our stories so dark yeah i know but you survived so it's okay that's what that's what i got out of this i i think i got a new perspective on life you know that we're not here for long so what's the point in lying in bed depressed you know studying endlessly for exams not seeing the light, not seeing your friends, being in a very dark place. Yeah. When the world is outside for us to enjoy and we don't have long to enjoy it, you know? Yeah, I agree. I agree. And uh, I'll ask you this, kind of probably to wrap it all up. Um, You know, okay, and it's been a month now and you've had a month to reflect on it all and we've just had this conversation. How... How do you feel now, a month later? Like, do you feel still, do you still have like, you know, I remember you were telling me uh, that you would have like these flashes, almost like like PTSD flashes, you know, like come to you and, and you'd zone out and just be thinking about it and whatever. Like, you know, now, a month later, do you still have that? Do you, like, how do you feel now about it? 
Um, so I'm not really having flashbacks anymore. Uh, sometimes I will. Sometimes I'll get into a very dark place and I'll just be like, oh, oh, why am I alive? Oh. Yeah. And that's just something I'm dealing with. I then remind myself, you know, what I've learned. But uh, what I what is affecting me still is now when I drive, it's very hard for me to go over intersections. Like, I'm, like, going very, very slowly slow. yeah, yeah. and people are, like, beeping at me. Um, but that's something I'm just... I just need to keep working on, you know? The yeah. best thing to do is to get back up. Yeah, yeah. That'll... Yeah, that'll take time, but... Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. What about your story, Jordan? When did you almost die? I, my near-death experience is quite different to yours and it isn't as... I don't think it's as dramatic. Um, I think it's pretty dramatic. Uh, I was in Nepal. Nepal, Nepal. What were you um, doing in Nepal? I was climbing with my dad to the Everest base camp. Uh, we did that in April of last year, so April 2017. And uh, it's, 12, it's like a 12-day uh, round trip up and down. Um, to base camp, and we walked. Uh, you spent eight days walking up and four days walking down. Um, so when did this happen? This when happened did your... before before we uh, got to base camp? This is about like four or five days in, right? Uh, and that's already when you're starting to get pretty high up in altitude um, compared to anything I had done before, and the the slopes are getting steeper and the cliffs are getting higher and. You know, so it, it was already starting to get pretty uh, challenging, you know, for me. Not compared to actually climbing to the top or anything, but just for me, it was pretty... Uh, I think it's hard for everyone, you it know? Was, it was, yeah. Um, so, we're walking on this, uh, this cliff, um, and it's really, really thin. Maybe, you know, less than a meter. Like, really less than a meter across. Like, this box width. So, probably, like... I don't think they can see the box. Well, my microphone's on a box. So, like, the width of, like, maybe 50 centimetres, 70 centimetres, less than a metre wide, and we're walking across this this cliff, uh, or this ridge, rather, and in front of us, it's my group with me and my guide, you know, in the front. Um, And and ahead of us, there's a, a whole pack of yaks, which are, like, these, like, they're like bulls. What, what are yaks? A yak is like a bull in wow. Nepal. Um, I think you you can have cheese from them. They make oh, milk and nice. stuff. I had yak cheese uh, on a pizza. Surely whack. I got six. Surely yaks are bigger than fifty centimeters. No, no. The pathway was the. Path. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, no, no, no. How do you both fit on the pathway? As in, you don't. You have to like really like. You have to really hug the wall behind you, and let them. That's past. really intense. Yeah, and there was and there's a big. Um, uh, from yeah, there's this big drop off into what's called the ice fall, which that is sounds so dramatic. It's, um, the ice fall is like this glacier. Uh, it's called the Kumbu because the valley is called the Kumbu Valley, and the ice fall is called the Kumbu Ice Fall, which is from right next to Mount Everest. It's this ice that uh, moves down constantly. It's like a glacier that keeps moving down and down throughout the valley, and that was pretty far below us to one side and to so that was to our right. And we're standing on this really thin pathway with yaks ahead of us. And to the left is this, uh, like, a, a really tall, steep wall of rock. 
with you know a cliff above that. And um, so got the yaks. Uh, a few of my team or my fellow climbers uh, walked in front of us um, just to you know squeeze past the yaks and keep going along the trail. And then uh, we feel like this kind of like rumbling or, or shaking, and we we look up and these these big boulders. Um, coming down like rolling down and really really close to uh hitting me um and and then you know everyone kind of like screamed a bit not screamed but, like you know startled and, and moved back and the yaks were kind of making a bit of noises and it was, it was there were quite a few boulders and uh then you know so we kind of leaped back a bit looked over the edge to see them all fall down quite far and um yeah one of them almost hit me and it was a really uh, frightening experience because if I'd fallen there was there'd be no way that I would have come out of that uninjured that's crazy like can you imagine if you know I was hit you were hit it was, it was really frightening because already that ex- that experience without the boulders is frightening yeah being on that thin cliff with that huge yeah drop I could never do that that's um that's super scary and then having just then having the the boulders also really added fear to that and uh you know the whole time while you're climbing you see these helicopters going back and forth from Kathmandu to wherever we were in the in the valley up towards Everest Base Camp and and every helicopter that's going back the way we came is a a rescue helicopter lifting someone down that's um you know the altitude's gotten to them and they've they've passed out or they're dying and you know they have to go back that's Um, that's so crazy. It's not lost in you. Like every day, you're seeing this this heli. The, like maybe, it's like a war zone. No, it's not <laughs> a war zone. But no, the, but it is. It's like you see ten. I I reckon I probably saw like anywhere between five to fifteen a day helicopters. That's you know, probably crazy. more than five. Really, ten to fifteen a day. Uh, these helicopters going back to back and forth to pick people up, um, who were injured or who were dying because of the altitude. Well, uh, thank God you weren't on one of those. No. Yeah. I, I thought I would be. There was I thought I would be. But it was uh, it wasn't boulders like you know like in Indiana Jones like yeah. the massive. Wild. No, obviously they were large pieces of yeah, rock. Yeah, but so it's not as you know, it wasn't as uh, I don't think it was as traumatic as yours. I think that's just but as traumatic. It was um, it was a very frightening experience for me. I was seventeen. I was you know I was young. I was uh, going on this trip that you know my dad and I we'd been planning for two years. We've been really working out and training and eating well and running a lot for for a year prior and then to have that happen was really yeah it's crazy that you've done all this training and something so unpredictable yeah could have changed the whole experience yeah like it wasn't something you could control because you were in in your best shape yeah you 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 knew you had hiking experience yeah and then for that just to happen yeah and and it was scary as well because literally like three days before we flew to Nepal, um, uh, there was a, a man from our city that died uh, at Everest Base Camp. Yeah, crazy. And so it was like, so it wasn't lost on us that we were doing something that was a bit dangerous, and then to have that. And um, so how did that, how did that affect the rest of your trip? Well, I remember that I kept thinking uh, throughout the hike. There got to a certain point where I, when we got to a good amount of altitude that I started to get a bit, I don't know if cocky or arrogant is the word, but I was kind of feeling like very proud that I got to that point and I was kind of feeling a bit invincible. Um, and I remember that happening and I remember it, it humbled me very quickly 
and I remember throughout the trip, I kept, you know, saying to myself, like, the mountain always wins, like, the mountain is always right, um, because there would be a time where I would think I'd start, you know, wow, I'm getting good at this, I'm, I'm climbing to Everest Base Camp, I'm really going, and then I'd slip on a rock or something like that, you know, like, and it instantly, like, instantly humbled me, and I'm like, oh, yeah. wow, the mountain's always right, the mountain always wins, you know? That's really interesting. Um, that and, it's it's really crazy how you know like every time you were built up something knocked you down yeah you know? but i think that was just me i think that was me um probably getting a bit cocky and uh kind of overlooking things just to because i was thinking i was so strong and smart and good at what i was doing but you ain't yeah i wasn't and uh <laughs> i um yeah so that was that and then we ended up you know that happened and uh it was very scary for me. I, I wouldn't say it was like, you know, it's different for me compared to your experience because um, I didn't have flashbacks necessarily. I didn't really have a, uh, you know, I didn't really have too many existential crises or... Well, what did you have? Like, how did I, it affect you? I... Oh, no, I'll take that back because I, I did kind of have an existential crisis where I was like, holy cow, I, uh, I really could have died and that really could have been it, um, similar to you. And I, I also was like, you know, I just want to experience this trip to the fullest, but I, I need to be more careful with what I'm doing. Because um, you have to understand, you this happened here where you live and you were with a friend of yours and you came home to your house. Yeah, your exactly. Dad. You were alone. I was isolated in the Himalayas. Like, yeah, you were with your dad, but, like, dad, but that was it. You weren't surrounded it. by so, good um, medical teams. You weren't yeah. surrounded by friends or, and family. My, yeah, yeah, exactly. Or my own bed or anything. You know, we didn't, no comfort. we didn't shower for 12 days. Yeah. Like, and we didn't shave for 12 days or anything. So, I mean, it was, it was really... Uh, it, w it was really easy for me not to process it like like how you did and have to deal with it with my own reality at home and my own life because it wasn't I wasn't experiencing my own reality in life I was in Nepal yeah in the Himalayas in the mountains so did that uh, that humbling as you put it did that inspire you to change anything about your life do anything differently uh, I think that it made me try mainly it made me try be less cocky and less arrogant because it's something that when I feel that I'm starting to get good at something, I, I can easily become that way. And I think that since then, but again, this is almost now, this is like a year and a half ago. But I think that's a really good quality, yeah, you know, I, a really I, good life lesson that I, you learn from nature. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It, it's, I think it's humbled me. And I think that that saying like, you know, the mountain always wins. That's a great, you I should think, get that tattooed across your face. <laughs> I think that that has, um, kind of had implications to, you know, my life as well. Like mm. whether it was with school, whether it was with exams or school always wins. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause or hard work always wins, you know, mm. like stuff like if, you know, if I couldn't be bothered doing a practice exam, well, the exam's always there. You know, I, if I don't do it, the exam's always there. Or if I'm thinking I'm doing better than I am and getting cocky about my exams, well, the exam will be there. The exam will win unless I'm actually you know at the proper level true if that makes sense it's a so great I think, outlook i think it had a lot of positive outlook on my life but it was still very scary and yeah but it, it does sound silly compared to you with the massive car accident um uh, i think they're both just as bad no but what do you mean but, like <laughs> but yeah it was it was definitely an interesting experience and uh yeah i i don't <laughs> i don't think my dad remember would remember if i because he was a bit behind me so i don't think he would remember 
Um, mm. Beer, I certainly remember. And uh, yeah, we, you know, we finished the hike, the trek, we made it up to base camp and back, and it was a very, very fun experience. Yeah. And yeah, that's my, uh, that's my near-death experience story, and I really hope I don't have any more. Oh, same. I hope I don't have your one. Uh, yeah, I really hope I don't have your one either. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just all be alive. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> well, thanks for sharing that with me, Jordan. Yeah, thank you for the interesting questions. Yeah. Thanks for listening to our stories or yeah. t- tales. This was really fun. Uh, it was really good to process this. I remember when when this happened to Dion a month ago, we both agreed that we should not talk about it with each other just so we can actually talk about it through a fake conversation with yeah, microphones. with you guys. With you guys. So, so it's totally... This is raw. I knew a few things, um, you know, about Dion's story. Dion knew a couple things about mine, but we both didn't really go that in depth with each other yep. when it happened. Uh and it was good to process this with you and with our listeners. Yeah, it was great to process it with you, man. Is that your impression of me? Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. It was great. So, yeah, thank you very much for listening. We hope you've enjoyed. Please leave feedback. We love that. We love having conversations with our viewers. I know, I think a few people contacted us after our first one. Yeah, yeah, it was great. We had a couple of good discussions. Uh, if you could please, you know rate our episodes and our podcasts uh on itunes and leave reviews that would really help us out um and yeah please subscribe for more more content uh, and hear you next time no yeah no you well won't. what are we supposed to say see you next time i can't see them it's, it's, but, they, but can't. they can't hear us oh, oh no wow. no we can't hear we them we can't hear them so it's we'll talk to you next time we will have, you'll hear us next time you will hear us, you'll next, hear us next time, time. Bye. Bye.